Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. Yesterday morning, before we went off to the, the Oshawa Golf and Curling Club to uh, golf with our pallies at CRCS uh, DKI and the uh, the good uh, brothers, the uh, Douglas brothers. Right. Um, we were actually, actually asking them at one point, is Michael and Kirk part of the family? <laughs> we were wondering if there were. There is another Douglas brother. <laughs> yeah. Because if you, if you don't know uh, Kyle and Matt Douglas, they're they're very active uh, yeah. young men. Not only you know working through their family company in CRCS DKI, but uh, raising a lot of money uh, for different charities, usually by some sort of extreme physical yeah. punishment, like riding bicycles for hundreds of kilometers. I think they're running from something rather than trying to get somewhere. Likely so. But I just wondered if there was like another brother who was, like, completely dormant, who did nothing. <laughs> and apparently that's not the case. They have a lot of successful athletes in their family. Yeah, because you're right. I mean, usually they have three brothers, and usually one of them is going to fall off. One right. of them is going to be the Chris Farley of the family. Yeah. But, no, they all seem to, to love uh, running and jumping and climbing and biking. Right. And didn't they say their, their, their grandmother was, like, an Olympic athlete yeah. or something like that, too? Yeah. 247 Commonwealth years old. Games. Yeah. Still going. <laughs> You can still outrun both of us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, easily. <laughs> Anyhow, so yesterday, before we went off golfing with them, uh, in the morning when I uh, got home after being on the air, we uh, sat down and watched the series finale of Barry, if you have not seen it yet. Oh, uh, okay. It's brilliant. That just went down on the weekend, yeah, right? Yeah, Sunday. And then last night, after I got home from golfing, the lovely Maria and I sat down and watched the series finale of Succession. I've heard good things. It's brilliant, yeah. Right. I I, I think you would like... Uh, Barry might be a little too odd for you. It's a little... There's a little bit of an artsy thing to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it's totally up your alley. But I think you like Succession. I think so, too. Yeah. So that was my day yesterday. Now, I don't know what to do with myself. It's the summer and all the shows are done. <laughs> <laughs> You'll go find something. Back to happy days. You start MASH or something like that. Oh, I should watch MASH. <laughs> Actually, we uh, we love uh, Young Sheldon's. I should go back and rewatch Big Bang Theory. Oh, okay. Right? And, uh, see what the little, what is it, uh, Easter eggs, little things, little gems. Right, yes. I realize when you watched it the first time around. Yep, that's my summer, Big Bang Theory. <laughs> there we go. Taught that, Douglas Brothers. Um, this is uh, this is not good. Scammers are getting meaner all the time. There's a new scam that you should know about making the rounds on Facebook. And uh, what happens is uh, you'll get a, a friend DM a direct message, and it says something like, uh, you know who just died? Don't click the link. I've had this one. Have you really? I've had it, I've had it sent to me, yeah. Mm. Deleted right away. Good for you. Good. Yeah, you should because uh, these scammers can then start to take in your ID and, and all sorts of uh, Although stuff. Although it's tough because there is a side of me that's saying, okay, who do they outlive now? Like right. there's, there's, a, there's a game to it. They play on that kind of ego slash emotion where you just, you know, death is a tough one. I mean, you're, you're really picking on people to do that. George Carlin had a great line about aging, and he said one of the fun things about aging is you grab your phone book every time you hear somebody else passed away and you scratch their name out. 
I beat that one. Well, the phone book, kids, was a book that they used to send around. It's amazing. When's the last time that they... I wonder, do they even publish something like that anymore? I don't know. Well, I get no. I think he meant like his own phone book. No, true, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure online there's... there's, uh, Still some form of the uh, the phone book. Yeah, kids, and it was also something that you had to write with a pen. I know you don't know how to do that either yeah. anymore. Bunch of melons. We're raising melons. <laughs> Not even good ones. Uh, so anyhow, this Facebook message says, look who died. I think you know I'm so sorry. Then it's followed by a few crying emojis and a link that looks legit, but it is not. It's a phishing scam to steal your info. Um, so, yeah, avoid that. Look, I, I have one rule, and, and it, it, with all social media, emails, my phone, I do not answer calls I don't know. I do not click on and open anything I don't know. I, I just avoid all of it. Like, you, you're just causing yourself grief. Now, was I really ignorant and naive early on? Oh, my gosh. I remember getting these messages saying that my... Um, my security on my computer was uh, absent or was running out and I needed to, and I would click on things and it would open a variety of God knows what. And my son, even at like 12, would come running into the room and going, Dad, stop it. What are you doing? Moron. We don't have family in Nigeria. Yeah. Well, your Uncle Peter moved around a lot. I don't know. So I have learned. Now, I know you're still a little guilty of taking calls you don't recognize. The calls, yes. Because I always feel like there's something on the other end of it. <laughs> it's um, bad. Well, I know. but Well, because when you see ones that start with a letter, you know mm. that, okay, that's that's pure on scam and spam. I don't have to worry about that. But, yes, there's the ego side of me that any time I see... Uh, an NHL city come up as one of the <laughs> associated with that number. It's like, here we go, Phoenix. Oh, you know what? Maybe the Coyotes have finally realized they need me. But I think if the Phoenix Coyotes were calling you and you didn't answer, I think they'd leave a message. Possibly. But you know me, I don't listen to voicemail. So but, Well, then you're a moron for not listening to it, because if it was the GM of the Phoenix Coyotes, and you were too flipping lazy to listen to that voicemail, you don't deserve the gig. Heading into the summer, and so uh, with that, what will be the biggest summer blockbuster this year? Do you know that the summer blockbuster started way back in uh, 1975? What film came out in the summer of 1975 that was officially the first summer blockbuster summer film? Summer of 75. Star Wars? Jaws. Jaws was around there. Yeah. Oh, right. Yes, it was the biggest movie. Yeah, that would be a good summer one, too. It brought in $260 million back. Not so good for tourism around no. the beaches. No. I, I remember I would have been nine maybe and i really wanted to see it and my parents had gone to the theater and seen it now all i ever heard at that time was everybody talking about it how crazy it was how scary it was really and i desperately wanted to see it and of course i couldn't because i was too young uh in 76 it was the omen and 77 it was star wars a new hope gotcha uh greece in 1978 and I would have been 12 then, so I remember seeing that in the theater a few times. The Amityville Horror, I read the book and saw the movie, and both of them scared the hell out of me. <laughs> uh, Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back in 1980. 81 was Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. 
Now, uh, what's interesting here is that, uh, you know, these films gradually gained uh, more and more money. But in the uh, summer of 82, E.T., the extraterrestrial, brought in $435 million. To that point, it it just blew by everything in the past. That would be almost a billion now, wouldn't Probably, it? Probably, yeah. Yeah, Star Wars uh, Return of the Jedi was in 83, Ghostbusters in 84. Now, more current current films include Iron Man in 2013. That was the summer blockbuster. Guardians of the Galaxy in 14, Jurassic World, Finding Dory, Wonder Woman, Incredibles 2. And as I look at all the uh, the money brought in, from 1975 when Jaws brought in $260 million, it looks like the number one is from 2022, and that's Top Gun Maverick that brought in $718 million. Right, yeah. Good payday for Mr. Cruz. <laughs> he did okay. He did just fine. And he'll have another one this year, too, because the, the, the next Mission Impossible is coming out this summer. Oh, yeah? Right. Remember when, for a, for a period of time, maybe three or four summers in a row, Will Smith right. was in every summer blockbuster. Yeah. He had a good run. Slapping the competition. He certainly did. And Quentin Tarantino's uh, an odd fella. It's been uh, rumored... For some time, that he is a, a fellow who really has a a hankering for the feet. He has a foot fetish. It is even said that uh, during uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, there's a scene where Margot Robbie, who plays um, uh, what was her name, Sharon Sharon Tate Tate, yeah, who was killed by the Manson family. Uh, she plays Sharon Tate, and there's a scene where she goes to the theater to see herself in her first movie. Mm -hmm. And it's shot in such a way that her bare feet are up on the chair in front of her. And it, he keeps the camera on her feet for way too long. <laughs> in my humble opinion. <laughs> but this this story really uh, mails it home that uh, old uh, Quentin there loves himself some tootsies. A, a guy who used to manage a Hollywood strip joint called Crazy Girls so that Quentin showed up one night, asked for a VIP room, and the girl with the biggest boobs and biggest backside. But instead of getting a lap dance, Quentin put her on the chair, took off her boots, and then started licking the bottoms of her feet and oh. sucking her toes. After 30 minutes, the guy says her feet look like prunes, and Quentin gave her 10 grand for her troubles. Oh, my goodness. Wow. <laughs> Whatever you're into, I guess. Yeah, no. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger has nothing but praise for Bruce Willis. As you know, he had to retire from acting because of his health issues, and I guess his uh, brain disorder has now progressed to dementia. Oh, no. Now, the shame in all of this, or, or I guess... Some of the upside, perhaps. The shame is that, uh, from what I know of dementia and from those in my life that I have seen with it, it's the current stuff that they struggle with, remembering things. Whereas they can recall stuff, and maybe every different, maybe dementia is different for everybody. But in my experience, things from decades gone by, they do recall. So, Hopefully, Bruce can remember the life he lived, you know, when he was 
and Die Hard and all those films and just mm-hmm. the, all the experiences he had. Right. He might not be able to remember what he had for breakfast today, but hopefully he can look back and remember Yippie Kaye. Well, what is amazing is he does have a really loving family mm. around him and supporting him, and not only his daughters, his current wife, but his ex-wife, too. Yeah. To me, more is, is there helping out. And I would think that on his tombstone, it should say, yippee ki yeah. <laughs> uh, Arnold says, I think he's fantastic. He was always, for years and years, he's a huge, huge star, and I think he'll always be remembered as a great, great star and a kind man. He says, I understand that under his circumstances, health-wise, that he had to retire. But in general, you know, we never really retire. Action heroes, they reload. Right. Reload. Hey, back to the Tarantino foot thing. Yeah. I remember I'd just seen this recently um, on, on Facebook or something like that. But he added a scene in From Dusk Till Dawn mm. where it was like Selma Hayek. And she was in like a, like the a, same kind of thing, like a stripper role. Mm. Uh, and she pours a drink down her leg and off of her foot into a dude's mouth. He cast himself in the role of the dude. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he likes himself some stinky feet. <laughs> <laughs> There's a very odd uh, race in England. It's a cheese rolling race. Yes. Ever seen this thing? Chase the cheese roll, yeah. Like, how did this even get started? Uh, I would assume it's uh, very old, and someone dropped the cheese. And uh, but the cheese. It is, uh, yeah. They 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 throw a big cheese wheel down, basically off a cliff. Like it, it is not just down a rolling hill. Mm. Uh, it, it is a very steep incline that I believe still has rocks and 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 Crazy. gravel mixed in with the dirt. And, you know, there's, I think, a men's division and a ladies' division. And they go full bore, flying down this thing. And it doesn't end well. No, and it started in England, which so I'm going to assume alcohol was involved in the uh, organization of the first one. And it also probably dates back to a time when they would roll the cheese right. from, you know, the cheese maker to the shops to sell it, probably. <laughs> That's how a lot of events, I think, get started. Mm. When, it, when you look at the events that we have in, you know, in an Olympic Games, you know, the pole vault was not originally done just to measure how high you could go. It was, could you get over a wall? Yeah. Right? Like, there was a purpose to it. A prison break. <laughs> Likely, it was in the transportation of cheese. One got dropped, and this guy chased it down the hill, and people said, that's amazing, <laughs> until one dude said, well, I could do it better. Yeah. This is the uh, Cooper's Hill Cheese Rolling and Wake. I'm assuming the wake is for the person who dies. <laughs> it's an annual event. And as you said, very steep hill, 200-yard very steep long hill, chasing this big old wheel of cheese. And a 19-year-old Canadian woman won the uh, the race despite falling and being knocked unconscious on her way down. She rolled across the finish line. <laughs> Somebody wake her up. She won. Yeah. Give her a piece of cheese. <laughs> she asked for gravy and fries immediately. <laughs> oh yeah, a big vat of it. That that would be 
that would be the topper. You get the cheese roll uh, down the the big wheel of cheese down the hill, and then you have to consume the whole damn thing. I think this uh, this could be something. I'll have to chat with uh, with Mark Rutherford at Brimacombe and see. I mean, they just had the Spartan races there and people running up the hill. No, there you go. Yeah. Maybe, sure there's a cheese maker. Maybe we get into some sort of a, a cheese rolling. I'm, I mean, I'm sure insurance would have some things to say about it, but you got waivers for that. Matt and Kyle Douglas would be right in on that. <laughs> I got your first two oh, competitors. Yeah. They'd roll it down and then want to carry it back up. Morons. You know, they kept calling me a donkey yesterday. I said, no, I'm the goat. I'm a goat. Not a donkey. Um, so, yeah, she knocked herself out, and then she didn't realize she had won until she woke up in a medical tent. She said, I remember running, then bumping my head, and then I woke up in the tent. I still don't really believe it, but it feels great. It's an extreme event, so injuries aren't uncommon. But winning while unconscious is unusual. Can, can you freeze the cheese? She needs an ice pack yeah. for a while. I got to, uh, I got to find the video of her rolling across the finish line. Oh man, it's pretty impressive. And I don't know what style of cheese it was. Do all cheeses come in rolls? Some come in bricks, I guess. No, yeah, it, it, but the the big ones. Yeah, a big cheddar wheel. Big old blue cheese going down that hill. <laughs> Some crackers and olives with this when they get to the bottom, and a nice Chardonnay. Well, I think we can uh, thank uh, the movie Wedding Crashers for this. One in eight men under 35 have brought condoms to a funeral. <laughs> now, if we learned anything from Wedding Crashers, oh man, it's a place to pick up the ladies. Wow. Yeah, well, the grieving is sexy, I guess. Uh, I can uh, honestly admit uh, I've never done that. No. No. Uh, but <laughs> you're saying there's a chance. Right. Yeah. I mean, the weddings, I get it. Sure. The in wedding crashers, the two of them, I mean, they, they, it was their whole lifestyle. And certainly going to weddings does stir up something in people, and usually an open bar helps that as well. True. Yeah, there's that uh, that sentiment when you go there single that there might be other single people who are looking at that uh, that wedding happening, thinking, man, maybe I can find someone mm -hmm. for me one day. Maybe they're in this room. Does that happen at a funeral? <laughs> Probably not. I've never stood graveside thinking, damn, I'm horny. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's just the fact that people are dressed up. I mean, yeah. you know, funerals a little more somber yeah, and in their dress as well. But maybe you see them done up and you think, oh, okay. She's cuter than I thought they were. There's a uh, commercial that I've heard where they uh, speak of funerals. And part of the commercial says, you know, don't let the whispering be at your funeral. Every time I hear that, I think to myself, Whoever wrote that commercial, when was the last time you were at a funeral? Because nobody whispers anymore. It's like a social gathering. True. I mean, I have been to funeral homes. I, this, and this is over the last uh, 30 or so years. I remember, you know, my family's so small that there was rarely any funerals. And when there was, it was usually a grandparent. And they were older, and it was just that's the way life works. And there wasn't, there was, of course, some sadness but it wasn't over-the-top sadness. Mm. 
Then I met Maria, and I would be going to funerals with her because there was always as many funerals as there was weddings because there was so many family members. And it wouldn't matter if it was a 22-year-old who had died or a 92-year-old who had died. It was all over-the-top grieving. Right. Like, just insanity. Like, you, you, if, if, the, if the widow wasn't randomly screaming in Italian at the coffin and wailing, mm. then you had to sit in utter silence and just stare. You could not speak, nor smile, nor... You just had to act like the world had just ended. Right. And and this would be, you know, even at the funeral home for the uh, the viewing, the church and the cemetery was a whole other crazy thing. But since that time when I first met Maria to now, and it's just generations have changed, you go into a funeral home and it's almost like the body isn't there. Everybody's milling around and talking loud. And right. It's like a social event. Yeah. Well, and in some cases, I unfortunately had to go to a funeral. Did you say fortunately? Unfortunately, I said. <laughs> I thought you said fortunately. Well, I didn't like it. Um, <laughs> no, I, I had to go to one recently, and, and it was the first real one post-pandemic. Yeah. And it was that social gathering with yeah. people who hadn't seen each other in years. Yeah. And 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 family members I hadn't seen in years. And I realized that I, this is the stage I'm at now. You get to a point where weddings and funerals are your social gatherings, mm-hmm. when especially when it comes to your family. Because you're not celebrating birthday parties anymore. Right. Right. You reach that age where unless it's a milestone uh, and you're doing a surprise for someone... You're likely not having extended family over to that sort of thing. You know, it's just extremes. I mean, certainly the the uh, the one the way it once was was too much to bear. But now I even feel bad for the person in the coffin, not just because they're dead, but they're missing nobody, out on a party and nobody's paying any attention to them. <laughs> if I was a person in the coffin, I'd sit up and go, "Hey, what about me?" What are the best karaoke songs? If you had to sing. A karaoke song. If someone put a gun to your head and said, sing a song or die, Lucky, what, what would you go with? Uh, I mean, like a Neil Diamond, Sweet yeah. Caroline is probably uh, near the top of the list. It, because those, anything that gets more of a group sing-along sure. to help you out, you right? Hold the mic out. Yeah. And it's uh, like two and a half minutes long, so you can right. be done quick. Very good. Uh, well, people are arguing on TikTok after some guy with 3 million followers posted his top five picks. He didn't rank them, but these are just the songs he always goes to. His picks were Since You've Been Gone, Kelly Clarkson. Okay. Respect, Aretha. Right. Come on, Eileen. Poor Eileen. Dexy's Midnight Runners. And uh, Islands in the Sun by Weezer. His final pick was It's the End of the World as We Know It by R.E.M. But that's one of those songs, much like Billy Joel's, we didn't start the fire. Yeah. Well, you got to know. you got to know that off the top of your I mean, head. Even if you know it. Yeah. Uh, it. Very tough. I mean, I guess it helps in karaoke because you've got the words scrolling in front of you, but of course it goes very fast. Mm-hmm. There's a great scene in Tommy Boy where they're <laughs> trying to sing along to it. Yeah. Um, and uh, so now, of course, people online are commenting about the snubs. The songs that should have been in his top five. And this is, again, this is the thing about the internet. One dude's top five. This is his. 
Those are his picks. He didn't do anything wrong. He's just sharing his favorite songs to sing. Oh, how could you forget? And it's the same with this business. Like, you'll talk about something. Right. And they'll go, well, how could you forget about Aerosmith? Well, that's, okay, you love Aerosmith. Yeah. Great. Then go get a radio job and you talk about Aerosmith. Yeah, right. Oh. I know. It, it, we we are so self-involved. It's <laughs> unbelievable how we are. Those were just his picks. So people are upset because he didn't pick songs like Sweet Caroline or Piano Man or Living on a Prayer. Right. Billboard ranked the top 100 best karaoke songs of all time. And the uh, number one spot was Man, I Feel Like a Woman, Shania Twain. Really? Yeah. Then it was I Want It That Way from Backstreet Boys, I Will Survive, Gloria Gaynor, Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen, Shallow from Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. Gotcha. Yeah. Just stay away from the karaoke machine <laughs> at all costs. I, uh, I, I must admit, I, I don't think I've ever sang karaoke in a bar but we have had some family events where a karaoke machine was brought out like at easter or thanksgiving or something. right and i have uh i have brought people to tears with my suspicious mind okay we're cutting the trap oh yeah really <laughs> how many how many pints in are you to get jugs, onto that mic. Jugs of red. <laughs> oh, actually, to get on it, uh, to get on it, no, I, I'm pretty quick to want to jump up, uh, but it's tough to get me off of it once gotcha. I'm going. Right, I can okay. see that. Oh, yeah. No, you know me. <laughs> Put the spotlight on me, Daddy. I want to be special. Rock Mornings with, with Craig, Craig Venn and Lucky. Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.